Yes, sports radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Talking sports, uh, yes we do. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up on a, a very good sports Monday. Very busy, lots to talk about. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, your emails to today at gmail.com, the website rayandtaytoday.com, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, you know, we're, we're, we're big willies. Ray and Tay, we're everywhere. We're very social. So, Ray, we got the World Series. We got baseball. Tomorrow, NBA starts. We'll talk about that tomorrow with the preview. College football. But I want to start just at a little RIP to somebody that we watched for a long time, man. 60 years old. Rest in peace to Flip Saunders, the head coach and GM of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He had to take a leave of absence, and I wasn't expecting this, Ray, and he passes from a lymphoma cancer, and it's kind of sad, you know? His last movement was building this roster for this season and the future of the, of the Timberwolves, and he's done a great job in, in all accounts and reports that Flip was a great guy and just gone too soon, so... I tip my hat, and uh, I think everybody will be uh, cheering a little extra hard for the Timberwolves. So we'll see Wednesday night against the young against the Lakers on ESPN. What are your thoughts on Flip, man? Flip mode. So <sighs> Flip really was the face of that Minnesota Timberwolves franchise. At first, he was a coach, and then he was the president. He had a couple stops in between, or before he came back, he went to Detroit. He went to yeah. Washington, but he'll always be known. He and Kevin Garnett will always be known as, as that tandem in Minnesota. And you know what? 60's too young. It just really is. Forget about what you do in life. 60's just way too young. But Flip hopefully has a lot of fans and a lot of people that remember him fondly. So we, we do say rest in peace, Flip Saunders, and uh, to all that Minis- to all those great fans up there in Minnesota, you know, Flip was our guy too. Definitely, definitely. So... NFL Week 7, we'll pick it in a minute for Monday Night Football. The Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, hosting the Baltimore Ravens, and, you know, we'll do Thursday night. But we got a recap yesterday. Another great week. As Ray and Tay always say, I mean, before you know it, Ray, it's going to be half done in, you know, a week and two weeks or so, you know, when you get to really Week 9, it's half done because of the bye games. But Goodness gracious, it goes too fast. Sunday Night Football, Rays, I'm sorry, Cameron, did you say Jarrell Newton? Yeah. Is that his his name, Cameron Jarrell Newton? Yeah. What we we saw last night in a very weird game was the key word was health for me because – I saw a healthy, healthy Jonathan Stewart and a healthy 
Mike Tolbert and a healthy Keekley and Thomas Davis. Oh, by the way, who both wound up with, I think, 13 and 16 tackles respectively uh, uh, combined together. I mean, that's insane, those linebackers. You see Jared Allen running around, the one of the best up-and-coming corners in the league that no one's really given enough props to in Josh Norman. And 27-16, Ray, the Panthers are still undefeated, which I, I thought they would be. And I'm looking through their future schedule. Yeah, it gets rougher with the Colts and Packers coming. But I got to say, I see them now, the way things are breaking, at worst 11-5 and five and maybe 12-4. and four. And that's one heck of improvement from 7-8-1. and one. And Cam Newton, man, you have thrown to Forrest Whitaker, Corey Brown, Devin Funches, I, Greg Olson. I give Cam Newton all the props in the world. And I say to the Eagles and Chip Kelly, uh, wow, drop balls. Uh, not the greatest tackling. I, I don't know, Ray. Right? I'll, I'll let you finish it up. <laughs> is it, well, let me ask you, is the experiment in trouble? Do you think that Chip Kelly is going to go the way of Al Golden? or You mean is he going to if, USC, <laughs> basically? You know, I don't know, Ray. I, I feel like the ownership's got enough uh, support, but at the end of the day, there's nobody on the outside – that you feel like you need to double team. So Matthews, Aguilar, uh, the tight ends, whoever the other receiver is, you can stick them one-on-one. And the only thing dynamic was the running game. And it's like, they didn't go to it enough. they had 177 yards. Usually that's a victory. If you run for close to 200 yards in a football game and Sam Bradford is halfway accurate one week and then halfway not accurate the next. And I don't think I know. he's disappointing. He's disappointing because, you know, it's the one thing you thought he was is accurate, right? You didn't know with all of his health concerns and with being in and out of the lineup last few years if he could have the durability that you'd want. But you always had a feeling that this guy, if given time and in the pocket, would be accurate. And Chip Kelly, I got to tell you, the experiment. He gets an incomplete, but I don't know how much longer they're going to wait. This was the year to run away with this division. The AFC, I'm sorry, the NFC East is terrible, oh, and uh, th- this is the year to run away with it. And they may not even make the playoffs. And you gave him the, you gave him the, the he's the cook. He went grocery shopping. He's the man. He's everything. And maybe his experiment doesn't work in the pros. I don't know. I mean. Like you well, said, you're starting know, out right? with Sam Bradford that, and weak receivers, but yeah, but I think it works if you keep if, if you had this, these running backs maybe with Macklin, you know, you have to have somebody that can extend the field and go deep. And look, Macklin couldn't play because of the concussions this week, and they still beat my Steelers, the Chiefs. But he's had a good season with Alex Smith, and 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 a ton of catches and and going down the field. If this Philly team had Macklin and Matthews with Ryan Matthews. Oh, by the way, I forgot to throw in with the health because this guy healthy, Ryan Matthews looks like, he looks like a pro bowl running back. That run was ridiculous. Well, remember he's a first round draft pick and he's more dynamic than DeMarco Murray. So if he didn't fumble the ball and if he didn't get injured so often, I mean, this guy is more suited to, 
the system that they run in Philly than DeMarco is. DeMarco Come needs on. to be back in Dallas. They need to reverse that trade and figure something out because – like we said before, both teams suffered on that one. But Ryan Matthews, I'm telling you, he's, more, he's a more dynamic, better fit. Yeah. And then let's go to the afternoon games, man. Kudos for the survival of the non-fittest in the Giants-Cowboys game. We'll get to that drama uh, in a second. But we, for a minute, have to tip our hat to the I want to go to L.A. Bowl. And the Oakland Raiders, who we don't give enough love on this show, um, there's a potential rookie of the year named Amari Cooper who is leading the league in yards after catch. I think it's like 239 yards after catch, 37, 29. And Cooper is just the truth. Latavius Murray and Derek, I am nowhere near my brother David Carr is so legit as the star of these young quarterbacks. And then Phillip Rivers and the half knots just can't get it going. You know, Woodhead's great. Antonio Gates wasn't healthy, but he's great. And then Rivers, and then it's like nobody else steps up on this team. I, I don't even know what to say about the Chargers. So, Keenan uh, Allen. But the problem, well, no, my, again, me. is that the Chargers, it's like they're doing this untraditional, this non-traditional offense, and they're trying to get you know the most out of Danny Woodhead. And, and what a fourth quarter he and Rivers had to make it even a game. But sometimes you can't fight the establishment so hard. Sometimes just a traditional running back and a traditional balanced offense is the way to go. And I, I don't know what to say about this team. I mean, you're almost wasting Phillip Rivers' peak year, uh, right? He's probably only got three, four more years at this level. To watch as a quarterback, right? The dude's insane. Hey, let me ask you this. Who would ever thought for L.A. fans out of those three franchises – that you're like, uh, I'll take the Raiders or the Rams over the Chargers. Who would ever, <laughs> who would ever thought that with all the young talent? And then we'll get to the Ram game and Todd Gurley, Gurley, Gurley. He's he is all man. So I want to ask you about the Cowboys. You were so right, and I give you credit. You said that they would not win Nathan without Romo and Bryant. And you've been right. Now, listen, Wheaton has played well, and they could have won the Atlanta game and a couple other games. They could have won this game. Now, yes, Harris runs that back, and it's just horrible special teams play. Backbreaker. And, you know, I don't know. It was just the weirdest game to watch. I had no feel for it. The Cowboys could have and should have won it again. Uh, I mean, I mean for, uh, you know, should have won this one because they beat them the first time when they probably shouldn't have won it, even though they outplayed them. But, Ray, I want to ask you this because I feel weird about this, right? Half of the people I've heard say, no big deal. He's just passionate with Hardy, you know, getting involved in the special teams huddle and trying to rah-rah and tell the players, you know, whatever he said. Because, look, we all don't know, right? Nobody – people go for what they see on the sidelines, but you don't know the words coming out of a man's mouth or whatever. So that I always hate when people try to interpret because they look like stupid fools when they do that. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Out of my mouth. But I will say this, right? I don't think Hardy gets it. Because I told you that press conference when he spoke about Giselle and, and Brady's wife and the sister and, and then 
just he I don't think he's aware of homeboy you are so blessed to be playing take a chill pill and be a professional like that's where I think you can criticize him a bit I don't think you know I I get him being upset or passionate but it just looked wrong and maybe we're rightfully going to judge him because of you know he might possibly should be behind bars and not on the NFL field. But <laughs> no, you got to keep it real, man. I mean, look. No, you're right. I mean, there's some funny business happening in North Carolina where the judge gave him a bench decision was against him, and then suddenly the witness isn't there and he's not in jail. Yeah. I mean, so you're a Cowboy fan, so I want to sort of take this to you. How do you feel? Because is this going to backfire on Jerry Jones, who I think – in a, in a good way, thinks that he can be Mr. Fix-It and heal and help everybody? And could we see Hardy wind up ripping apart this whole franchise before the season is over with some crazy... No, I don't think so. I think they release okay. him before that happens. Okay. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, losing brings out the worst in people, and sometimes people's actions get misconstrued. So... This is a case to me of just a guy wanting to win, a guy saying to himself, you know what, he might be looking at the Carolina Panthers and saying, you know, I was on a 6-0 and team, and now <laughs> I'm in a horrible division, and I'm on a team that is and 2-4, and I'm trying to do something about it. So I don't think it's much more than just frustration coming out, and, and but, but trying to do something about it, which is ironic that Des Bryant was the peacemaker when this is a 100% Des move, right? I He's love the poetry of that, though. Isn't that poetic? Des yeah. is a mature guy now. Come on, that's classic. I love it. I love it. Let, look, let's move on because I, I want to say this, and we'll talk, I'm going to talk about this team later on. Props to the Redskins for winning, 31-30. But they might be, Ray, the team that wins the NFC East. Oh, oh my, my goodness. It, it is all a mess. I don't NFC want to get East and the talking. AFC South are terrible. They, you know how we joke about some divisions in different sports? Like, you could combine those two divisions. Like, that's how much of a mess it really is. You know what I mean? It's, it's a mess, and I don't know what to do about those divisions. So, I want to talk about Sunday way early in the morning and 15.8 people signed up on yahoo.com backslash NFL stream to really watch one of the better games of the day in terms of just, you know, excitement in terms of second half and scoring 34, 31. And the Jags actually have a shot also at their AFC South because the Colts are so terrible, but in all seriousness, is Sexy Rexy going to wear out his welcome in one season? And does he belong as a coordinator? You know, coordinate the mushroom belt, the mushroom shirt. I know they're not healthy, so maybe I'm not being fair. But it's just a question because it's such a mess. What are your thoughts about that game and, and the coach? And oh. Look, E.J. Manuel stunk up that game for three quarters. So, or two and a half. So that's not Rex Ryan's fault. Yeah, Yeah, that's not Rex Ryan's fault, right? He had those three interceptions, and that was just terrible quarterbacking. That that was just physically 
I can't watch play. the guy play. And I told you that a year and, and a half you ago. You called it. No, no, you called it. Just like I, I had Christian Ponder on my <laughs> NFL not a real quarterback list, and you had EJ Manuel on your not a real NFL quarterback, mm-hmm. or at least starting quarterback list. So you definitely called it. I will say this. Incomplete grade for Rex Ryan. I thought he'd have to sit out a year. I thought he'd have to work his way back as a defensive coordinator. So I definitely hear that. I cannot say that the Bills' three and four record is because of Rex Ryan. Um, no, it's the injuries you know, more than anything. But there is discipline. There are discipline issues, right? What was that? That one game that seventeen penalties, something crazy like that. But anytime you have a rotating quarterback between Tyrod Taylor, who actually I give him a lot of credit, it's much better than I thought he was. Yeah. Played well, but he got hurt, and then EJ Manuel for a game and a half, and then uh, not really having LaShawn McCoy at full strength for the first six games. Yeah, I guess it's not fair to judge him. You get a pass. Yeah. It's not fair. But but you're right, though. It, sm- it smells like, um, you know what, and, and you're in a pretty tough division because it looks like the Jets and uh, the Patriots are pretty good. It might be the best uh, division Miami, in football. Miami did big that? things. Could you say that? That might be the best division of football, right? It might be. It might be because, you know what, when the Bills are your worst team, the Bills are still pretty good. When the Bills are your worst team, that's not bad. It's a great division. How about this, though? Could you have imagined – see, this is the problem, though. We know he's a 3-4 guy, and he's got a 4-3 and and, and stud guys, and it's going to take a hit because Kyle Williams got hurt before the game, and he's the the bull of that 4-3. But to me, you're getting too cute when you're dropping uh, Mario Williams back in coverage. Mario Williams needs to go forward and forward every play. Now, Super Mario's not played so great this season, but, Ray, you can't – okay, rush your forward. If you want to blitz somebody, bring in a safety or corner or a linebacker. You can't drop – I know he tries to do these, these exotic defenses, but Mario Williams is too big. Like, you're not dropping Bruce Smith or Reggie White into coverage. It's stupid. Come on, Rex. Like, just stop that. Like, that, you know. Uh, we'll we'll, yeah, we'll leave that you alone. you get too cute. You, you do. Now, listen, no Mariota, and Mettenberg does the best that he can. But I got to say this. In an ugly game, and Matt Ryan, oof, really rough. And Hankerson, I don't know what happened to him. And Roddy White and Julio wasn't, you know, isn't healthy and whatever. But Devontae Freeman sort of carried them to victory and the Falcons' defense, 10-7. But this is how you have to survive in the NFL, right? On the road, win and advance and just move on to next week, an ugly game. And you give the Falcons credit because this is a game they normally would have lost, and they won it. So I, I, I tip my hat to them. And I want to ask you this. Is, is it all over? for your boy in Indianapolis is Chuck Pavana. Is he basically going to be done because of what Ryan Grig- uh, Grigson, the GM did not do an offensive defensive line. And then it's Pep Hamilton as the offensive coordinator. Cause to me, right. When you've got Hasselback and then you're throwing these short, quick passes and getting the ball to all this talent you've drafted. Why don't you have Andrew Luck do the same? You're having him, throw the, these bombs and the receivers run these deep patterns when you have no line play and no time. So then he has to throw these bad passes and try to be a hero and nine interceptions, uh, two in the game. The dude 
it's part of it's his fault, but part of it, I feel, is Pat Hamilton, part of his offensive line. It's a mess over there. What, what's going on? They had to win this game. You can't lose this game. What do you, what, what do you see there? Well, the interesting thing is they'll still win the division. Uh, that division is so bad that, uh, you know, at three and four, they're still the odds-on favorite. Probably, when was the last time a three and four team, probably if you go to Vegas, they'll probably, <laughs> especially with Arian Foster out, but if you go to Vegas, they're for the probably Jaguars, 60, baby. I guess, but they're probably a sixty percent chance of winning that division, a three and four team. But sixty percent? Oh, it's probably ninety, right? Ninety percent? Your Jaguars don't have that any division? juice in them, oh, Blake Portal. So I like Portals though. Look, I, I think Pavano will get a reprieve if they win the division. Maybe win win a playoff game. You know, um, they'll have a home playoff game potentially, right? If they're the four seed, they'll get uh, – yeah, right, they, they'll host the five They'll seed. get the Jets or the Steelers probably. Yeah, they'll get a the home Dolphins. playoff game. You know, whoever makes so, it. But. So, Pavana will get a reprieve, I think. You're right. The line is, is, is a big-time issue. I mean, they have all the talent at the skill positions now. That line – and you know what? Andrew Luck only needs to look back to Mike Martz and Jay Cutler and St. Louis and Chicago. You know, those, those 15, 20-yard pass patterns, those deep routes, you need a superior offensive line to run those. If you don't yeah, have that, quick slant, like you need Brady. to change Get it out. your game. Yeah, you need to change your game. And T.Y. Hilton is a versatile young player. He could he could succeed in any system, I think. You Andre see Philip Dorsett is hurt. He's out four to six weeks. But I'm yeah, saying they've got all the talent, right? So why hold on to the ball so long? If you get out of your hands, Moncrief, uh, T.Y., Andre Johnson, these guys can get you to yak yards, and so can your tight ends. Leaner and Allen are great. And Dwayne Allen, yeah. sure. I mean, that – I tell you what, second to the Cincinnati Bengals, I mean, that that's about as complete an offense as there is. But props to Drew Brees. I got to tell you, that you know, Ingram and Brees, I told you, I was high on Ingram this year, and he's proven me right. He's uh, having one heck of a season, and that, they gutted it out. Look, the Colts tried to come storming back, but they held on, and, and, and kudos, you know, to the Saints. And how about Stephon Anthony getting that interception early in the game, the rookie from Clemson? I thought that was great. Look, there's not much to talk about Detroit. You've got to give Minnesota props. And, you know, people aren't really looking at this Minnesota team, but quiet as kept, Ray. They, you know, they're, they're right in the playoff two. hunt. Four and two. Yeah. Defense looking better every week. And my man from the Yo Turfs, Stefan Diggs. Ray, Is that the new Dream Team it. combo? Steady Ray, B Stefan yeah. Diggs? Teddy B, AP, and Stefan Diggs, they're doing hip-hop. And you saw Megatron play good, but I don't even want to blame Caldwell. What, what's happened to Detroit? Like, they were just in the playoffs last season, so this doesn't even make sense to me. Where are they you know going? What, is? What, what is it? There might be injury there between Calvin and, and Matt Stafford. Somebody might be injured, but I think that Lose that, that offensive line, that defensive line. Sorry, getting getting uh, uh, blown up there with Fairley and, and and Sue leaving. I think that shook up a little bit of their identity. And on offense, 
they can't run the ball. They're not consistent. And so yeah. Joyke Bell has been hurt and, and not really consistently contributing. Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick, you know, different style back. But they, but they don't really have an identity. And you would think if you don't have an identity, you go back to the basics, the sandlot. You're like, okay, my two best players are Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson. So it should be the Matthew and Calvin show. And for some reason, it's not. I mean, you know, if and you have just Eric Ebron, and Eric Ebron had his best game in his young career. It's true. It's bizarre, right? If you're bad, like Calvin Johnson had seven targets. Calvin <laughs> Johnson should have 15 targets. Even if you only get it to him seven, eight, nine times, he should have, he should have 15 targets. I mean, he's, he he's is so your right. guy. And and this guy, I mean, look at what look at what you guys were doing in the beginning of the season with Antonio Brown. I mean, find out who's your best player. When Le'Veon Bell was not in, Antonio Brown was getting targeted 14, 18 times. And Calvin Johnson is bigger, faster, and stronger. So Perfect get the seg- ball to Calvin Johnson. Perfect segue to my Steelers. Look, I can't say much. Ben will be back next week against Cincinnati uh, to go two and two. It was a great job. Landry Jones in a tough KC crowd with uh, amped up defense. They sort of kept Bell in check for most of the day. 23-13. It was a very weird game. Alex Smith, he's a very average uh, quarterback. But look, without Macklin, they did the best they could with Kelsey and your boy Chakandrick West finally uh, did a little something. Casey survived the Panthers, but they're not going to do much this year without Charles. But let's talk about the St. Louis team because they took care of the Browns. The Browns couldn't move the ball at all. I'm still bugged that Johnny Manziel is not on the exempt list for the incident with the girlfriend. So I don't know how he could potentially be starting this up and coming Sunday, but 24 to six. And to me, no Nick Foles isn't it. But Todd Gurley is so freaking special that he opens up everything for everybody, for Austin and, you know, Kenny Britt and Stedman Bailey and anybody else they want to try to give the ball to. Goodness gracious, if they could ever trade and get a receiver or, or draft some receivers to help uh, Foles and another – look, next year to me, Ray, this is their, their first two rounds, three rounds. In free agency, sign the best offensive lineman draft a number one receiver, draft another offensive lineman, and then and, 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 and whatever else. That's all they need to focus on because the defense is lights out. Aaron Donald in his second year is a, is a man-child. And, you know, maybe they could use another linebacker. But, Ray, the Rams, they're going to be in the wild card hunt too, you know? Well, How bad do you feel for Cleveland fans? <laughs> Yeah, you feel bad for Cleveland fans. This kid Gary Barnage though might be a fine. Oh, a stud. Um, Duke Johnson Jr. I like him. Is contributing. They have potential. They don't have they any have potential. Travis Benjamin, you know, small. He should receiver, be a number but, three receiver in a bet in yeah. a great offense. He's your three, and that's the problem. Think about though. Think about if this kid wasn't suspended. I know. And think about if they had Gordon on this team, how could different be the team would look. Yeah, it takes the pressure off everybody because nobody can get double teamed except for Gordon. So uh, think about it. That's all I can say. I mean, 
Is he, he is he coming back next year or what's his deal? Is he suspended? I mean, suspended for he's a year. Like, but uh, your boy Justin Blackman. He's like sort of on the NFL forgot your name list. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure well, he'll probably he's better be better than Blackman though. Listen, you might see Connor Shaw starting next week. Watch out for Cleveland with that because I don't think Manziel should be eligible, but maybe maybe they just. Put it under the carpet. I don't know. It's very bizarre to me. But anyway, let, let's keep it moving. We got to talk about these Jets. But we got to talk about real quick. Listen, you applaud Hank's uh, Dolphins, and Hank should be calling in because you know what? They're actually playing like they should. Forty-four twenty-six. It was forty-one nothing at the half. This Dolphin team is on fire now. Granted, it's the Titans and the Texans that they beat up on, but they're playing grown man football, physical. And Jarvis Landry and everybody and just uh, look, your boy Miller. Wow, what did he wind up with? Like 175, Lamar Miller. I mean, kudos yeah, but to it was him. All in, and it was all in the first half. If if he had really played <laughs> much in the second half, he could have broken all kinds of records. But yeah, Lamar they, Miller, who took the they first get six weeks off. Though. You know yeah. that, right? Yeah, Thursday, and we're going to predict that in a minute. But they get tested. We'll see if their physicalness and their big boy pants travel up uh, I-95 to Gillette Stadium. But, look, as a Dolphin fan and as a football fan, you're happy to see. But I want to ask you this. Could Bill O'Brien – first of all, Ryan Mallett, to me, I would just cut him. I I don't want to hear that excuse that you're practicing at the stadium and everybody else makes it to the airport and you don't. And, you know, you – when you lost your job before in training camp or whatever, you, you overslept your alarm to wake up. This guy's a clown. He's unprofessional. He's all about himself. He's not about team. And the only reason why he's not cut is because Tom Savage is hurt. So they don't have, you know, a backup, but Ryan Mallett to me is a loser. And the Texans, I want to say this, and, and I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of not. I feel bad for Aaron Foster, but I hate to say this, man. He comes out as an atheist and saying, I don't believe in God at all. And then you hurt your groin, and then now you do your Achilles at 29, about to turn 30, and your career might be over. So maybe you should be quiet on this and God. Um, and, oh, and, come on now. Don't go there. The, the poor like, guy got right. hurt. Okay, come so on let's now. say it's all a coincidence. Let's say it's all a coincidence, but uh, you know what, Ray? Sometimes it's better to keep your mouth closed because right now he is done. And yeah, I, and I he, hate he's, he's I hate almost, almost, oh, he's almost untouchable. When you rupture Achilles at, at, at 29.30, I think he's about to turn 30, if I believe. I, I don't know if he's coming back. I mean, think about it. Ray Rice can't get a job. Well, and maybe Ray, Ray Rice, Rice finally gets a job in Houston. But I guess they want to roll with Jonathan Grimes and Alfred Blue and uh, Bang Bang Chicken and Shrimp, Chris Polk, who maybe I would give Polk <laughs> a starting job. Because Alfred Blue and Grimes have done nothing. With some chances, too, because Arian Foster has been hurt. You know, the and oh, by the way, years. I don't want to hear any more news or stories about J.J. Watt being the best player in the NFL because right now he's not even the best defensive player this year. He's done – he's not – I know he has double teams or whatever, but he's not affecting anything. That Texans defense is trash. And I love J.J., but come on, Ray. Let's, we got to be critical and fair. It's it's embarrassing how you can run right at him and over him and and just the whole clowny and all of them. And yeah, Brian is, Cushing. Is, yeah, I mean, look, Lamar team. Miller ran for 175. 
Jonas Gray. There was a Jonas <laughs> Gray spotting. He ran Uh-oh. for 48 yards. I mean, the Dolphins ran for 248 yards, wow. and just you just couldn't stop them. And they weren't but doing Ray, anything exotic. It was just no ground and pound, better, right? faster, and much stronger. Yeah. We got to give props to Tannehill, man. He played like like uh, the contract that he got. I I, I got to give the kid credit. Look, we know he's a great athlete. He used to be a wide receiver. So if he could ever get it together, and if you get Devontae Parker working healthy and Kenny Stills, Greg Jennings, and Jarvis Landry, and Jordan Cameron, and Miller's explosive, this offense could be dangerous, right? I, I think for so. Sure. For sure. And you know that Tannehill had seven straight completions last week and then 18 in a row this week. So he had thrown for 25 straight until the, I think his very last pass, it was uh, an incompletion. So, I mean, that's that's Kenny Anderson numbers. That That's unbelievable. Incredible. So Ryan yeah. Tannehill is now trying to be, you know, the most accurate quarterback in the league. Good for him. Good, good for the Dolphins and Dan Campbell. Well, let, let's get to uh, the last game before we get to preview uh, forward Monday and Thursday night. The Jets played their butts off, and no Jet fan today could be upset at, at them. Um, look, Brandon Marshall didn't line up. They got the onside kick. If it wasn't for Brandon Marshall, you wouldn't even be in the game anyway. He played Yeomans, uh, you know, and made, got the onside kick, did a bunch of things. I think in New York, the Jets will win this game. I think they've got the Patriots number. They could not run the ball. Tom Brady led them in rushing. And... <laughs> But I, watching this game, and I told you this off air, I, I just had to – Brady beat the Jets by himself. When you drop nine balls and Brandon LaFell dropped six and you have no running game, it was Brady to Amendola to Gronk, Dobson. It was beautiful what he does. And, listen, if it wasn't for two immaculate, you know, receptions and, and Eli and the miracle catches, Brady could be 6-0. and oh, and we don't even say it's a discussion. And I'm willing to say, and you know I love Joseph Seppi. Joe Montana is my, even though I'm a Terry Bradshaw guy, as a Steeler fan, Joe Montana is like my all-time favorite quarterback. Tom Brady is, is the best guy. I, he's the best. I, I got to give it to him. 30-23, and Brady, he just does it again. For what was it, three, what did he throw? 330, 360, 375? 330, I think. Ray, it, it's it, – it's poetry. And how was Gronk that open? Why? Why did you know what? That was a Gronk schematic. That was I a know, schematic thing. Three it, five it, five, it, Brady. Three five five and two touchdowns. Yes. But he threw the ball fifty four times. Thirty four for fifty four. <laughs> if they want to win, I do think they have to focus more on, on running the ball. Now, granted, the Jets took that oh, away yeah. from them. They'll have but, trouble when they play the Bengals and some other teams. Trust me. It's, you know, the Broncos, too. You, you and can't also go back. playing from ahead, playing on the yeah. road, if if they have to, they may not have to. But playing in bad weather conditions, running the ball is so key. And they have a back in LeGarrette Blunt who can do it, uh, but they seem to not give him the ball. Uh, you know, so I, when there's something funny, they actually missed Deion Lewis. They missed him. He was hurt and he couldn't yeah. play. They Brady missed led game. the team in rushes and yards, four <laughs> for 15. So that uh, tells you that you pretty much 
went away from the pass. I mean, you could say the Jets stopped him, but they only rushed the ball nine times. Yeah, so they no. didn't even challenge the Jets. I mean, that, that, that's ridiculous. Garrett Blunt should have gotten 15, 20 carries. Well, I guess they didn't need it. They saw the way to win. He got, gets rid of it quickly. And give Revis props. He locked Edelman down. Listen, Revis Island, we'll see what he does uh, next week against uh, Cooper. You don't want to go on Revis Island. And listen, no one else is talking this smack anymore. It's clear that he's back being the best corner. You don't hear Peterson or Richard Sherman or, or uh, our boy Hayden. It is Revis, Revis, and Revis. He's the best corner. No questions asked. Monday Night Football, I'm going to have you crack at it first. The Ravens at Arizona. One in, what is it? One in five? Ugh, boys. By the time I get to Arizona, I mean. What do you got for me? Oh, pain. (laughs) I got to think that the Ravens don't have much of a chance. Steve Smith is back. Justin Forsett is back. But But. (laughs) in Arizona, too, on prime, prime time, prime time. The only thing I can think of is if they turn Carson Palmer over. And as good as Carson Palmer's been in his career, he's been known to throw some pick sixes and to be turnover prone at times. That's the only chance the Ravens have. I'm predicting pain. I'm predicting (laughs) 31-13 Arizona Cardinals in the desert. And who's your fantasy guy? Fantasy stud is the Arizona defense. I think Mm. they hold Baltimore down. They create two turnovers and have five sacks. I like the sounds of that. I got that defense going tonight in my fantasy league, so I like that. I'm sure a lot of fantasy owners like that. I'm going to say this. I think Palmer throws for 300. Chris Johnson might run for 100. Uh, Fitzgerald, who has having the best start of his career this season, which is just kudos to him. He's a beast in the slot, such a professional and Hall of Famer. This this is going to be bad. And, you know, Flacco can turn it over easily as well. When you've got Kamar Aiken is kind of like your go-to guy, um, yeah, it, it, could be, it could be really rough. I'll say 34. 17 and it's just you know it's going to be all day Cardinals uh, who's your stud who's your fantasy stud I'll say Palmer no interceptions 300 yards 313 yards three touchdown passes okay and I think uh, it says John Brown's going to play and I wish I would have played him because maybe I would have had a shot to beat you in fantasy instead of Vincent Jackson getting hurt for me we had the Ray and Tay matchup, and uh, Tay uh, took an L to Ray. Good game, though, but uh, Vincent Jackson killed me, so Ray got yeah, the W. Too much Chargers, too much fourth-quarter Chargers. Uh, yeah, man. And I told you they'd come back, so I, I wasn't that confident on my lead. But Thursday night, it is these hot Dolphins two in a row at the New England Patriots. I'm going to stab at this one first. I I like what the Dolphins are doing, and I think they're going to go up to New England and play their butts off. But Thursday night, short week, and they've been eating up on soft opponents. I think the Patriots, a little less offense, just eke one out. I'll say 24-21 
Pats beat the Dolphins in kind of a, a little physical game. There might even be a fight, you know. Ooh, and my, okay. my fantasy stud, my fantasy stud will actually be, uh, I'll say Edelman in this one gets going with a seven for 90 and a touchdown. Okay. I can't disagree with anything you said. Patriots are playing back-to-back home games, short week. They have their confidence and their swagger. They're undefeated. I didn't see anything in the Miami game. They had a great first half, but I didn't see anything in the Miami game that should really, really worry the Patriots. I mean, if Miami can explode on offense like that, but I don't think Lamar Miller is going to do that. Jarvis Landry's not going to have the game that he had this week. So I think Miami is on the upswing, but I don't think they could go into Foxborough and take care of business. So I like, in a pretty high-scoring game, I like the Patriots. 33-26. I'm calling for almost 60 points. Wowzers. Yeah. My fantasy, stud, my fantasy stud is going to be Rob Gronkowski. The Gronkinator, two touchdowns, 110 yards. At what point are we going to say he's the best tight end ever? Does he need like three more years of this? Um, Probably three more years. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? And what, what he doesn't get credit for, he's a really good run blocker. Now, they great don't block. run the ball, so you don't, he's, see, he's a, yeah. you don't see He's a great blocking. And I love but he's not Jimmy Graham. And even our boy Kellen Winslow. And, yeah. you know, these guys didn't run block like Gronkowski. Yeah. So no, he's, he's every bit the receiver that all those other guys are. And he's maybe one of the better run blocking tight ends in the NFL. So he's, he, the, he's the back. future Dave Casper. Because Dave Casper could catch and block for the Raiders, and this guy does it bigger, better, stronger, a little bit faster. Yeah. So listen, it's it's time. Let's take a quick little break and come back. World Series preview, Ray and Ted. I guess they're thinking that they want to get him 
that game one, give him the ball game one and get him those two starts. And Cueto, my guess is you want to pitch him. You know, he would pitch both times at home, so I don't know if that if that'll give him more juice or not. Because you figure game one starter is going to pitch game five on the road, so maybe they're thinking, you know, in New York they'd rather have Volquez in New York than Cueto. I I don't know, but you know what? Anyway, you look at it. Going up against Harvey, DeGrom, and Syndergaard, you got to think that to the, until the sixth inning, the Mets have an advantage. I'll tell you this, right? These lineups are fascinating, but if, if the Mets can get their bats heated up, and you're going with Granderson, Wright, Murphy, Cespedes, and then Duda, if Duda's bat, that first five is a killer, you know, and and and. and if the young catcher, if Travis is hot, and if some of these guys on the on the back end of the lineup, you know, you get Kadir doing anything, getting some. By the way, can we give the GM some credit because they oh, got yes. Noah Syndergaard and Travis Darno for R.A. Dickey. Beautiful. And Buck. You, you, you're so, totally right about that. So that <laughs> is a, a case where a GM basically made the team. You know, this is unbelievable. The other two kids came from the farm system, the other two pitchers, in, uh, and Wheeler too, but uh, we'll see him next year. But, uh, you know, Harvey and DeGrom. But to get Syndergaard and Travis Darno, to get two starters for, you know, a pitcher that you weren't going to pay anyway, that's great. Who does it benefit in terms of the DH? And then how much does the DH not having it in the NL parks, you think hurt the Blue Jam, the Royals. So they, I would they say might, they're not going to be able to play Morales probably. I know. That, I would that, say it hurts. It hurts the Royals because Kendrick Morales, um, you know, he is the spark that 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 goal, you know, that drives the engine. Do do you dare play him at first base? I don't think so. Um, maybe you just pinch hit him every game. You're gonna have to. But pinch you know what? Him. The Royals have been there last year, so the Royals are used to it. Playing in a National League park, pressure. Yeah. The Mets giving them a DH. I mean, is that gonna be what Michael Kadir? He's got the bad knee, but you know he's a professional hitter. They tried him a couple times in the outfield, and he was just horrible. So. He, you know, Conforto is going to play left, and, and Michael Kadir is going to probably DH. Um, they might do some lefty-righty matchups. But the DH thing, you know, I guess it's interesting in the World Series, but, but I'm starting to believe more and more that we should just we should just go to a DH. I mean, these pitchers don't want to hit. They're not good at hitting. And so why are we even putting I think them it's up better there? for baseball. I love small ball and, and the strategy of the National League, but – for World Series, definitely DH. But I think we're getting to that point even for the season, especially because if we're not doing greenies and steroids, the pitchers have such an advantage, then it's time the National League, you know, to even to increase some uh, runs in the game, uh, you, you go with the DH. And I think at the end of the day, it saves careers. Look, you don't want a pitcher getting hurt up at bat. And then you don't, you know, you also don't want the old outfielder um, or great hitter that can't play the positions anymore in the field, 
you don't want him have to go to the American League. You want his career to, you know, like uh, our boy uh, Mike Piazza could have stayed on a little bit longer as a DH in the, uh, you know, in the NL. So, yeah, I think they're going to do it eventually. We'll see. The traditionalists probably hate it. Give me one guy, uh, you know, position player on each team that could be the sort of surprise star like Daniel Murphy has been to help one of these teams win this series. So I'm going to say Alex Rios, a former star, got a lot of money, maybe didn't live up to the money. Batting ninth, by the way. Quiet is kept, right? Exactly. I was about to say this guy was 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 an all star. This guy was a you know outside shot at MVP a few years ago, batting ninth. So it doesn't have much protection in the lineup, right? I'll see these Escobars hitting first, you know, quote unquote, protecting him. So that that guy, I would say, keep an eye on him because he's he's much better than you know a ninth place hitter. And I think in this lineup, if somebody gets overlooked. It's the ninth place hitter, and that might be him. In terms of the Mets, the guy that can really hurt you but is not swinging the bat so well, he'll have runners on in front of him. I think Lucas Duda could be a very interesting guy to look at. Um, He had 27 home runs this year and 73 RBIs, so he led the team. And in the playoffs with this newfound – you know, Lucas uh, with his newfound Daniel Murphy on base and Cespedes and, and David Wright, all these guys ahead of him on base. You know what? He might have a chance to have a big series, have a lot of RBIs. He's gonna he's gonna bat with runners, you know, runners on base. So I like for the I like those two. Okay, I'm gonna go a little off the radar and I'll start with the Mets, and it's gonna be in the field and clutch hitting at the back end of the lineup. I think Wilmer Flores. With the tears of my pillow, wanting to stay with the organization, the non-trade, and then he didn't get traded. And thank goodness, because that led to the Cespedes deal. I can see him getting a couple scrappy singles, turning some double plays. His glove and his bat are gonna be gonna be clutch and maybe a little bit of a difference maker for the Mets. And I'll say for the Royals. Look, this isn't going to be a reach, but to me, I think to win this series, yeah, you're going to need something from Alex Gordon and Rios on the back end, but I say it's the big giant at 6'5", a catcher, Salvador Perez. He's been playing well. Not only does he need to do his thing defensively and call a great game against the the Mets and for his, you know, pitchers for the Royals, because, look, the Royals, they don't mind getting to their bullpen, but the starters – have got to at least get to five or six innings and, and, and not have too many runs before they get to that great bullpen. And, you know, you got to watch Yost because sometimes he makes some wrong decisions. He almost could have lost that game six, you know, maybe not going to Wade Davis early, but, you know, it turned out good for him anyway. But I'll say Perez, cl- couple of clutch homers, drive some runs in. He'll got, definitely have guys on base in front of him. But I think the calling the game and – some hits. He's going to be the clutch guy. Let's go to the picks. Tell me who's going to win and why the 2015 World Series. So this is hard because typically I like the formula of pitching and clutch hitting. So, 
both teams do it a little bit differently, but they both pitch and, and, and hit in the clutch. I think, however, that Daniel Murphy will come back to reality. Mm. I think the Mets have struggled at times offensively. And because of their lack of experience, they might make a mistake or two in the field. And I think that the Kansas City Royals, who've been knocking on, knock, knock, knocking on heavens. So both of these teams, remember, 85 for the Royals, 86 for the Mets. So they've both had, you know, uh, winning droughts since the mid-'80s. I think, though, that the Royals were built to win in the postseason. They're scrappy. They manufacture runs. They pitch well enough. They don't pitch as well as the Mets. They've got that bullpen, though. That's what I'm saying. you gotta, you got to get them before the sixth or seventh inning. And then Wade Davis is doing it in the back of the bullpen. I like the Royals in six. So I like them to win this game back home in six over a really tough, and, and I have to admit, I underestimated these Mets. But I think the Mets are the Royals of last year. They fall a little bit short. You know what? I'm so split with this one because what I saw from the Royals is, to me, a team that is so on a mission. And all year long, we've underestimated them. And to me, the way I saw Lorenzo Big Daddy Kane go from first to home on that hit and how he basically won game six for them. And I see Zubris and just the hitting, and whether it's Rios and your boy, uh, Fides Escobar getting the MVP. I love what the Mets are doing. They're pitching, but I too think their bats will calm down. I could see uh, Curtis Granderson slowing up, Daniel Wright, Murphy, you know, we don't know Cespedes, maybe still a little banged up. Duda, you're not sure. I think the Mets pitching will keep them in it. And they're so they're such horses. They're just beautiful to watch pitch. Jake DeGrom is my favorite of all the young pitchers. And I'm going to go with Kansas City Royals and Eric Hausmer as my MVP in seven Heidi games. Haas? Okay. Heidi Haas. He'll wind up batting about three and change in the series, maybe seven RBIs, three homers, something like that. Uh, I think what happens is they just have a little bit too much speed and the way they manufacture runs, they could win a couple of games in this series 2-1. And I think they they surpass the Mets' great pitching and they win in seven because I think the Mets, they'll be able to get a couple of games where they might win 3-0 or 3-1 because of their pitching. And I have the Kansas City Royals winning the World Series that they left on the table for last year. So we both agree. I say seven. You say six. Let's, it's just going to be great. NBA tips off tomorrow as well. We'll talk about that in our preview show real quick before Champs and Chubs. College football, we'll talk about it fast. Top ten, Ohio State, Baylor number two. The quarterback is out for the season. That could mess up their whole entire season. Clemson jumps up to three. LSU floor four. TCU five, Michigan State six, and kind of struggled a bit. Bama, very lucky to beat Tennessee at seven. Eight is Stanford. They should be higher. Nine, Notre Dame. And then number 10, yuck, the Iowa Hawkeyes, who really played nobody. Florida at 11. 
Look, Georgia Tech was the win of the of the week. USC, Vegas had it right. They beat Utah. Tell me who, because next Tuesday is the first college football playoff, who is, whether it's a Houston, uh, who is it, again, because I asked it a couple weeks ago, but who is it 15 or lower from Michigan that still has a shot to crack this top 10? Is it Houston? Is it Memphis? Is it Florida State waking back up? Give me one team that might still be able to get back into this race that's 15 or lower. Maybe Ole Miss? I would say Ole Miss because of the defense. Uh, the problem is they play in the SEC. So they got to play yeah. a bunch of really, really good teams. Maybe no excellent teams this year from the SEC, but really, really good teams. LSU and Alabama are really, really good. But I like this Ole Miss team on defense. Yeah. UCLA jumps back in, Pitt's in there, Duke, Toledo's moving up. Um, you know, Temple, these teams, I mean, it's it's fascinating to see and to watch. At the end of the day, I think when the college football uh, playoffs are announced next week, I think the best four that I've seen, it's been, you know, sort of Ohio State by default, but JT Barrett, Barrett is back in, and I think they're going to be revving. I would say them, Clemson. LSU, and I'll say, you know. TCU or Alabama or? You know, not Alabama. I I would say to me right now it's Stanford. And if they keep moving forward, I think You go with Stanford over Alabama. Yeah, I I have to because I think they've been the most impressive team. And to me, Bama, that that was not good, that Tennessee game. I was not impressed at all. They could have lost that. Um, you know, all right. So we'll, well, we'll we'll see how we'll that plays talk out. Definitely about it next week. Definitely, definitely, and we'll preview the games on Friday. Your champs and chumps, give me your chance at the sports weekend, Ray. Well, you know what, folks, we give it up to the champs and we scold the chumps. So <laughs> I'll keep it positive and start first, and I I will keep it in the same city. I'll even give you a hint. My champs of the weekend are the Miami Dolphins. You know what? They were down on themselves. They fired their coach. They put a new coach in there. The tight end, Dan Campbell, they were like, well, who is this guy? Can he put – we remember him. But (laughs) can he coach? Can he motivate? And apparently it's exactly what they needed. Now, granted, they needed these two opponents too, Jacksonville and uh, – and and this week's opponent, uh, you know, they had a situation – Sorry. Yeah, uh, Titans, sorry, uh, and Houston, right, and the, te- the Titans and the Texans. So they needed this. They needed a spark, but you know what? They're a good team. They just needed a little kick in the butt, and Dan Campbell gave it to them. Their running game came back. Brian Tannehill came back looking like the, the young, up-and-coming quarterback. So my fantasy champ are the Miami Dolphins taking care of business. They were up 42 nothing at the half. So you look at the, the, the final score, but you know what? They checked out, but that's okay. And you put up 42 points in the first half, you can check out. So two straight wins, my champs of the last two weeks, you could argue, Miami Dolphins. My champs are Captain Kirk Cousins and the Washington Redskins. They only have 50 yards rushing from Morris and, 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 and Matt Jones and the boys. But I'm going to tell you what Kirk Cousins did he came back. He's gone under a lot of scrutiny. Uh, I've been off on him, but 33 for 40. He was Brady-like, Brady-esque, 317, 
no interceptions, folks, and three touchdowns. And right now, if I'm being honest, the Redskins with the Rams win and just the way that they've been playing, they have a legitimate shot to win the NFC East. And it's all about this defense heating up. They're hard to run on. Now, look, Tampa Bay jumped all over them. And, you know, before you knew it, it was 24 to 7. But that second half was poetry. 14 nothing in the third and then 10-6 in the fourth. And Jamison Clam Crowder is on fire. I think Jordan Reed, 11 receptions, two touchdowns. That was incredible. You better watch out for the champs, Kirk Cousins. And all right, all right. We're running out of time here. So let me give you my chump. My chump, keep it in Miami, the University of Miami, Miami of Florida. You know what? They might be kicked out of the ACC, man. They're so terrible. <laughs> They're one and two in the conference, but to lose fifty-eight to nothing, to give up four hundred and sixteen rushing yards and six touchdowns—that means they ripped out your heart and they ate it on your home field, and then they just spit it out. And you know, I don't like to get on eighteen to twenty-two-year-old kids, so I'll put it on Al Golden. I'll put it on the administration and say this is supposed to be an elite football team. It's not. It's not anymore. They need to blow it up. They they got rid of the coach midseason, which I definitely don't like doing in college. But you know what? They had to do something. All the alums were calling for it. Fifty-eight nothing. My chumps are the University of Miami. My chumps are are, are really the the Andrew Luck and the Colts. Twenty-three for forty-four. I don't think they know what they're doing. I don't care about the fantasy stats, yards, three hundred thirty-three. They're going to win this division by default, but when you throw nine interceptions and two in the game this season, and in the last uh, two years, he leads the NFL in interceptions with, I think, 25. Um, He has really been a mess. He puts this team in such a hole. I blame the GM. I don't think the coach should be fired. I think he's great. They've got to fix everything, and right now they are killing everybody for making them their Super Bowl pick and including Ray and a bunch of other folks I know. And I got to tell you, the Colts are the chump, chump, chumps of the weekend because you got to beat the Saints at home when the Saints and Drew Brees are throwing interceptions and not playing well either. So listen, we'll be back tomorrow night. It tips off Detroit at Atlanta, Cleveland or Chicago at Cleveland, and the New Orleans Pelicans in the brow and Anthony Davis at the Warriors. Our NBA preview show before the season starts. We'll be back Friday, college football, NFL, getting you all ready, updating uh, the first two games of the World Series. So we'll be able to chew into that, see how it's it's going. And, um, hey, another great show. Have a great sports week. Enjoy the kickoff. This is the one time of the year that football, baseball, basketball, and hockey are all in full effect. So enjoy That's it. Tuesday will be Talk that night. Friday. Isn't that Tuesday, Wednesday, also on the break. Have a great sports week. Thank you.